Chapter 14. The Galleon. Johnny apologised to Lynx, his acid house brother, and quickly closed shop. He was late. Wraith was furious with Alec and shouted, You fool! All this for nothing! What a complete waste of time! You need to leave us. You're a total hindrance and liability. Alec was already at his lowest level. Lynx and Katie felt his pain. Lynx, in Alec's defence, said, Mate, I think he's learned his lesson. We're not here to learn a lesson. We are here to save the palace and Katie. Deadwood, such as Alec, must be cut. Katie said, He's not Deadwood, Wraith. Remember, on Lutz's ride, he saved us. He made a mistake. We all make mistakes. We can't just kick him out. He's on our team. Wraith heard the conviction in her words. His anger boiled his blood. With heavy restraint, he said, I am losing emotional control. I'm leaving for a while. I shall take blue and I shall be back after sunset. Katie tutted and said, I think Wraith has given himself a time out. Next, he'll put Alec on the naughty step. After Wraith had left, Alec thanked Katie for being so kind when he'd been so foolish to her. He was not in the mood to party, so he retired back to the South Team camp. Katie didn't want to rest. She wanted to party, but was feeling down about the tickets. Lynx perked her up by saying, It's cool. I do this every year. We can still get tickets or something to trade. There's still plenty of time. Katie swanned around the partying rugby fans who were dancing terribly to Lynx's playlist. She was growing tired of being there. She wanted to let loose and go somewhere new. She walked to the centre of the pitch and sat down. Lynx and Jane joined her. They gazed back at the full stadium. A few spectators remained in their seats, the ones that were being attended to by nurse fairies because they were passed out from drink. So many wasted people. Those poor nurse fairies are overworked, said Katie. Yeah, nurse fairies are in short supply. Wasted people in Festavia always take up their time, said Jane. Not partying. Anyone would have thought you'd lost today, said a loud deep voice from above. Katie peered up and blushed. It was an attractive captain. He had changed from his playing kit to jeans and a white long-sleeved shirt. His first few shirt buttons were undone, exposing his strong chest. By thinking of famous overweight politicians, Katie quelled the red blush from her cheeks. The centre spot is the dot of love. You should join us, said Katie. The captain sat down carefully. He didn't want to dirty his jeans. You smell great. What are you wearing? asked Katie. Just soap from my shower, he chuckled. Katie thought, it's his natural smell. He's just got hotter. She was losing control. She decided to rein herself back in. Maybe more rugby players should use soap when they shower, said Katie. No, don't tell them. I want you all to myself, he said with a cheeky boyish grin. The captain held her attention and she enjoyed it. They continued to banter and joke back and forth. Katie made sure Jane laughed too. Lynx lay back on the grass, staring up at the sky. He was tired. He hadn't really had a chance to party yet and all he'd done so far was work. He watched the captain entertain Katie and remained silent. The captain, unlike Lynx, looked restless and said, Hey, I'm not staying here long. I'm going to the galleon to polish off some beers with the boys. Wanna come? Sounds interesting, but what's your name? My mother told me not to leave with strangers, Katie said, raising her eyebrow with a little smirk. Wise woman, my name's Huey, 
What's yours? Katie. Right, Catherine, do you mind being surrounded by a load of boisterous rugby players who don't wash with soap? Oi, only my dad calls me Catherine. Yes, I'll come. I assume Jane is included, said Katie. Well, you are a feisty one. To keep you well behaved, I'd better keep calling you Catherine. And of course, you'll be welcome. Who's to say my dad managed to? She smirked, and then she said, Lynx, are you coming? Lynx replied whilst yawning, I've heard of the Galian. It's not my thing. I think I'll pass. I never thought I'd say it, but I need a rest. Right, let's go, said Katie with excitement. But where and what is the Galian? asked Jane cautiously. I don't know, but Huey's going, so it must be fun. Lynx remained lying in the centre of the pitch, and with the party in full swing above him, he fell asleep. Katie skipped off with Huey, and Jane fluttered behind. Huey led Katie not far from the stadium to a small stable. Huey owned a large black horse, and like him, it was tall and powerful. "'Is this gorgeous horse yours?' asked Katie. "'Yes, well, he's my father's. This Mustang is called Fedor.' Huey climbed up onto the mighty steed's saddle, he leaned down, and with one arm, he pulled Katie up. She squealed because he lifted her so fast. "'Can your fairy sing?' asked Huey. "'You mean Jane? And she's not mine. Why don't you ask her?' "'Sorry, how rude of me. Jane, can you sing?' "'I can, but I am a little shy.' "'Great. I have a music fairy attached to Fedor. She's great. Listen to her and join in if you want.' The force of Fedor's hooves connecting with the freshly cut grass channeled through Katie's body. For safety, she clung tightly to Huey's waist, and through his thin shirt, she felt his muscular body. She gripped tighter. "'What would you like to listen to?' asked Huey. "'Are you going to sing for me?' Katie asked playfully. "'No, but she will.' And he pointed to a box strapped to Fedor's neck. "'Music on. Play Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang.' The tinned box around Fedor's neck began vibrating, and through holes pierced within it, a strong female voice blasted out. The voice hurt their ears, and Huey had to say, Down to level 18. Oh, that's better. Is the fairy in the box? asked Katie. Yes, it's a sing box. It amplifies her voice. Does she mind being in there? My dad gives her trade. She's happy enough, said Huey tersely. They galloped across the wide-open grasslands. The sun had set and twilight lingered. Fedor was fast approaching a long, thick hedge. He made no change to his path and with ease leapt over it. Katie felt like she was living her childhood dream of riding Black Beauty, wild and free. This spontaneous adventure led by Huey drove Katie wild with excitement. Jane was not sharing Katie's sense of adventure. She precariously perched on her shoulder and whispered, "'We don't know where we're going.' And he's got a tinned fairy. It all seems very strange. Katie removed one hand from Huey's waist and with a finger she stroked Jane's face and said, Don't worry, trust me, it's going to be fun. They rode until it was pitch black. Fedor seemed to be able to see in the dark. This was because at high pace and without warning he took several twists and turns. Great handling, said Katie. He's the best, a very prestige breed, boasted Huey. Apart from a shimmering light in the distance, a sheath of nightfall had cloaked almost all. That's the galleon. We've made it in good time, said Huey. 
Really, it seems like we've been travelling for ages, said Jane. Time has flown for me. I just love your horse, Huey, said Katie. The galleon was anchored in a large bay and Fedder elegantly trotted up to its edge. A long, thin wooden pier joined the ship to the land. The ship was impressive and looked medieval. Its towering sails shone in the moonlight and cast a shadow over its deck. Boom! Katie jumped. Steadying Katie from falling off the pier, Huey held Katie's hand tightly and said, It's okay. It's fireworks. Look! Whizzing noises followed by explosions of multicoloured lights lit up the night sky. The lights exposed vast hidden mountains. The scenery was temporarily painted by fireworks which had rocketed from the galleon's cannons. They're so beautiful, Katie said in awe. Yeah, the galleon has a reputation for the best fire show, but it's nothing compared to the party inside her hull. Through the portholes, Katie could see moving heads and silhouettes of dancing people. The three reached the end of a rickety pier which resembled a gangplank. Two large identical doormen with thick biceps and tight shirts greeted them. You are definitely not coming in. Way too much trouble, said the doorman to the left. Hey, boys, how you doing? said Huey with immense familiarity. They both smiled and took turns in shaking his hand. The one to the left said, I heard you lost for the first time in a hundred seasons. No, we drew, Huey said glumly. That's a loss to me, mate. I thought you were professional, said the one on the right. I reckon you should be a barman here instead, said the one on the left. Nah, he wouldn't serve a drink with all the attention women give him. Don't give him a big head, said the one on the right. No, it's popped already. They lost today, said the one on the left. Both identical men laughed together. Drew, well, boys, just keeping up with you two is giving me a headache, said Huey. Ah, all right, Huey, go and drown your sorrows. Thanks, Danny, Huey said, whilst shaking his hand once more. As they proceeded through the opening to the hull of the ship, Katie heard from behind. I'm not Danny. He must be able to tell us apart by now. Steve, I'm just messing with you, said Huey, as he walked into the ship, holding Katie's hand. They entered the hull and were greeted by a hostess who wore a North Team shirt. Three, yeah, Huey? said the hostess with a toss of her hair. Yeah, thanks, Jess. Jess stood at the foot of two wide stairwells with a large balcony over her head. The steps on the stairwell were marble, which was surprising as the ship was made from thick oak. How often do you come here? Katie asked. Occasionally. I'd say often. Everyone knows your name. Huey smiled and bounded up the stairs to the left. Katie said, Catch me if you can, and ran up the stairs to the right. By the time she reached the balcony above, Huey was already waiting for her. I'm the North's fastest player, Huey said with a smug smile. He took her hand and led her through two large double oak doors signed in stained glass, the officer's mess. The opening doors released a wave of festive atmosphere. Rock music shook the packed room. Huddled groups of men wearing casual attire jumped up and down, shaking their hair. The women patiently watched from seated stalls, wearing fine cotton-fitted dresses and sipped on cocktails. I think I'm a little underdressed, said Katie. Katie wore a South Team pink jersey, jeans and trainers. She decided to relax further by letting her long brown hair down. Huey looked her up and down and said, Casual suits you. Now, let's meet the boys. The boys, she thought. Then, from the far side of the room, she heard a loud roar. 
It was the North team. Skipper, where have you been? Get over here, said a burly man, who had extremely wide shoulders and a round face. Huey grabbed Katie's hand and said, Tonight you party with the boys. Huey tugged Katie across the dance floor. Lagging behind, she noticed pairs of seated girls staring and muttering towards her. Hey, there he is. We've got your present, Captain, said a well-groomed man within the huddle. He produced a frothing pint of something unknown. Jake, the ship's grog is a starter drink, really, said Huey. Huey held a pint-sized wooden flask in his hand. The flask was made of wood, with carved emblems around its exterior. Its contents bubbled and spat out. It looks horrible, said Katie. That's because it is. But what it does makes up for it, said Huey. What does it do? It gives you sea legs, said the rest of the group in unison. Down it, down it. Down it, the group chanted. In the blink of an eye, Huey chugged it down. Record, said a man at the back, who then scribbled the time in a small notepad. No way, he's done it, and the first drink in. What a legend, said another man to the right. Leander, chanted the whole group in a fake Spanish accent. Wait, wait, not yet. I beat him at everything. I'll set the record straight. A short, stocky man with big, strong legs and a barrel chest pushed to the centre of the group. His head was shaved to the skin. Ajax, 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 chanted the group. Ajax snatched the flask from Huey's hand and said, You too pretty to be El Leyenda. Alex filled the flask from the team's very own grog barrel. And just to be even more horrible, I've thrown in a dead eel. Yeah, chanted the crowd. He raised the bubbling flask like a trophy to the chanting crowd and with one quick flick of the wrist, the grog and the eel were gone. After wiping the froth away from his mouth, he released an elongated burp and looked to the man with the notepad. The man shouted, Record! Ajax nodded in appreciation of himself and said, Never doubt the Ajax. The group once more chanted, Eleanda! Katie, this stocky lump is Ajax. My competitive friend, said Huey proudly. Competitive? Don't lie to yourself. You never make me break a sweat. It's easy beating you. Katie giggled and laughed. She found him hilarious. Nice to meet you, Ajax. I can't believe you drank the eel. Nah, that's just an easy warm-up. Old Huey Pants would be sick at just the thought of what I'm capable of. I am sure you're capable of many horrible things, said Katie in jest. Ajax smiled with satisfaction. He liked being the most horrible. A man who was exceptionally well-groomed watched Katie from the back of the group. His hair was short and blow-dried to form a perfect quiff. His stubble looked like felt and his hands were perfectly manicured. He decided to break the ice by saying, So, how did Huey persuade you to join this rabble? My name is Jake, by the way. And he extended a hand. Such soft hands you have, Jake, said Katie as she shook it. Well, when I'm not being manly, I like to take care of myself, said Jake. He should have been a soccer player, said Ajax. You remind me of a famous coach called John Greaves, said Katie. Funny that, he's my dad, said Ajax cheekily. Jake jealously cut back in with, Anyway, Katie, let's go and dance. Katie admired Jake's forwardness, but decided to not reward it. Maybe later... I have a few people to meet first. I don't want to be rude. Katie noticed that Huey kept one eye on her while he sipped more grog. 
Katie, with tact, introduced herself to the rest of the group. She did this by effortlessly weaving in and out of conversations. She talked to the shy and allowed the confident to approach her. Within a few songs, she'd built a comfortable rapport with her new group of burly men. The man with the notepad, who was called Chad, had returned after fetching Katie a nicer drink. Thanks, Chad. What is it? It's a pina colada. How wonderful. Such a champion you are, she said, whilst biting the pineapple slice that came with. Chad blushed a little and quickly hid himself back within the group. Huey! Huey, darling, so good to see you! A lady wearing a blue-fitted dress waddled up to Huey. The floor was soaked with grog, so she trod carefully with her six-centimetre heels. Huey greeted her with a kiss on the cheek and an embracing hug. She spoke a few words to him and then glanced over to Katie. She looked her up and down and immediately began speaking again. The conversation between the pair intensified and Katie felt awkward. She turned to Jake, who was standing away from the grog spillers, and said, Wanna dance? Sure. Katie twirled and spun to Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Jake jumped on the spot and played air guitar. He shook his hair lightly, which kept his hair wonderfully in place. Grog splashed on Jake's starched checked shirt. Katie waited for his reaction. He looked at her and then at the drunk, cumbersome perpetrator and falsely laughed it off. Ajax muscled his way through the drunk grog spillers and claimed his space by dancing with wide arms and shoulders pulled back. Shortly after, Chad joined too. The men danced flamboyantly and shook their heads, but their eyes were all focused on Katie. They were oblivious to the chaos around them. Katie danced with them all equally. She encouraged Ajax to loosen his shoulders and move his hips. Chad was fixed to the floor. She tickled him to make him move. The tickle worked too well. He knocked the grog from Jake's hand and it smashed on the floor, splashing everyone's ankles. Jake gave a fake laugh and carried on. Hey, you're a pretty cool girl, said Chad. Katie shouted in his ear. What makes you say that? Most girls here never dance. They don't want to mess up their dresses. <laughs> Getting messy is fun. That's why you're cool. You're different. Chad made himself blush again and he quickly reverted back to his crazy dancing. Ajax came to life when he heard Greased Lightning by John Travolta. He grabbed Katie's hand and spun her, and halfway through the twirl, he pulled her back close to his chest. His hand politely gripped her waist, and they both danced in time with each other. From the corner of her eye, she noticed Huey staring and ignoring his female companion. The woman who had been taking Huey's attention looked to see where his gaze had wandered, Katie glanced and made brief eye contact with her. Her eyes cut deep into Katie's. She then raised her penciled thick eyebrow and sucked her cheeks in and glared back up at the tall Huey. Without looking back to her, he kissed her hand and made his way towards Katie. The woman took a seat next to another well-dressed woman and glared intensely at Katie. Huey pushed his way into the huddle. He was greeted with a hero's welcome. Hey, here's our man, they shouted. Huey was an incredible dancer. He even managed to pirouette to the one and only by Chesney Hawks. Huey took centre stage and sung along aloud with a little pout. This guy's good, thought Katie. Everything he did excited her. She couldn't help but give him a little more attention than the others. Slowly, Katie's man fishnet disbanded, leaving Katie and Huey dancing alone together. My mates really like you, said Huey. They've made me feel really welcome replied Katie. I'm glad you get on with them. It means a lot to me. But I have to admit, 
I don't like sharing. It's okay, I'm not yours to share. And she did a twirl which extended her long hair. In between the spin, she saw him admiring her. When she finished, he grasped her hand and pulled her in. He brushed her hair away from the side of her head. Will he kiss me? I'm not sure I'm ready, she thought. He leant in and whispered into her ear. Come on, let's go. Where? she said. Up on deck. I have passes. Okay, but I must remind you, even though I don't look like it now, I am a lady. You make casual look great. Come on, you'll love it. Katie looked around for Jane, but she couldn't see her anywhere. Huey led her up a flight of stairs, tucked away in the corner. She saw the rest of the men shake their heads and mutter. Katie and Huey appeared on the galleon's main deck. The moonlight lit its long, thick timbers. It's so beautiful up here. I know, right? Look. And he clicked his fingers. Boom! The galleon's cannons blasted. The sky was alight with magnificent tapestry of fireworks. How did you do that? she asked. Magic. And he winked. Katie was led again up another small flight of stairs and to the ship's helm. Katie was once again in awe. At the ship's helm was a special VIP table with a waiter to take any special requests. Katie grasped the grips of the wheel and pretended to steer the ship. Huey walked up behind her and placed the white cap on her head and said, Now you're the captain of the ship. All fear the heroine Katie and her crew of seafaring bandits. Katie felt like she was back at Disneyland and being entertained by her dad. She loved it. Jeeves, one more pina colada for the fine captain, said Huey authoritatively. The waiter said, Certainly, sir. I'll be back shortly. In the meantime, help yourself to some refreshments. With a slight slur, Katie said, It better be my last. I am feeling rather tipsy. Huey smiled and said, We need to keep you topped up. Katie and Huey talked for a while, but they were interrupted by the arrival of the North Rugby team and a collection of women they had met in the officers' mess. The ladies sat at the end of the VIP table in a huddle and the men sat everywhere else. Katie squeezed between two large men and Huey sat directly opposite. Katie joked back and forth with Huey and his friends. One remarked, Hey, I like this girl. She can lad chat. Katie felt very comfortable. She held multiple conversations and made the whole table, except for the ladies, laugh. She could tell the ladies were communicating with their eyes to one another and they were not happy that they were being ignored. I've got to go for a wee, said the large man next to Katie but I can't be bothered to go inside. Do it in the sea, said another. Good idea. And the man got up and left. The lady who had spoken to Huey at length had re-emerged. She sat in the newly vacated spot next to Katie. Hi, she said. Hey, responded Katie. What's your name? Katie, and yours? Christiane. That's a nice name. Thanks, Anyway, how do you know Huey? From the match. Oh, you're a fan? No, I was his competition. And now you're mine. Why's that? Me and Huey have had a thing for a while, and now tomboys seem to be his new fad. Katie caught Huey again, watching from the corner of his eye. I'm not a fad, I'm a friend, Katie said defensively. You obviously don't know Huey very well, do you? Look, I know girls like you, jealous and envious. Why don't you go and sit with your friends? 
Or have you fallen out with them, too? Christiane smiled with satisfaction. You know, you'd look fairly pretty if you dressed like a lady. I don't like to wear nice things around Grog. You should have done the same, said Katie, pointed to Christiane's shoulder. Christiane panicked and instantly looked to her shoulder, checking for a grog stain. She'd realised Katie was joking. Your makeup is smudged too. You should fix it, Katie added. Frantically, Christiane got up quickly and rushed to the toilet. Splash! The table muted and looked in the direction of the splash. Huey joked, Man overboard! Taking a wee! He can't swim, said another. Yes, you're right. Huey said with alarm. Jumping from his seat, Huey ran across the deck towards the splash. He whipped his white shirt and jeans off, leaving just his underpants on. He climbed onto the ship's railings and widened his arms. For a moment he paused. The moonlight created an impressive muscular silhouette, and he dived like a dolphin with no splash into the bay. Gold medal dive, said Chad, as he peered, overlooking for both men. All on deck peered at the still water. The water mirrored back their anxious faces. I can't see any of them, said an anxious woman. Many began to shout, Matt! Huey! Wait, said Katie. A few bubbles surfaced from the water. Then the water parted and Huey emerged, holding a placid Matt. Matt spat and coughed, emptying his lungs from lake water. I found this big one having a nap on the lake bed. He sunk like a sack of spuds. The crowd cheered in celebration. It was as if Huey had scored a try. A few players heaved the two men aboard, the waiter fetched a galleon-inscribed towel for both men. Matt was taken to find some new clothes, while Huey continued to dry himself. He took his time. There wasn't a spot on his chiselled body left wet. Katie glanced at his six-pack and sensed someone was watching her. She turned to see Christiane, glaring. A round of grog on Huey for being such a champion, cheered Ajax, who had just joined the party. The party continued on and Katie became immersed in the ebb and flow of the event. The night finally came to an end when the music cut and the waiter said, It's time to go. They all ambled from the boat in a drunken rabble. Huey led Katie to Fedor and said, Let's go. I know somewhere fun I can take you. Katie looked around. She really wanted to leave, but something made her hesitate. Jane, Katie said aloud with shock. I haven't seen her all night. Where is she? She's fine. She's probably met a guy, Huey said insistently. It's the end of the night. She should be here by now. Come on, let's go. I must find Jane. Huey climbed onto Fedder and said, Come on, we'll go look for her. Katie accepted Huey's hand, which lifted her up onto Fedder. Huey whipped Fedder's reins and cried, Hiya! Katie panicked and said, Where are you going? Huey ignored her and made Fedder break into a canter. Fedder, stop! shouted Katie. Fedder stopped. Huey angrily snapped. Fedder, you disobey me again and I'll make you into horse meat. Katie tried to jump down, but Huey's free hand stopped her. Let go of me now! screamed Katie. Luckily for her, they were not too far from the galleon and the two identical doormen heard her screams. Oi, Huey, what are you up to? said the one to the right. Huey released Katie and she quickly climbed to the ground. Huey glared back down at her. What's your problem? said Huey. I told you I need to wait for my friend. I could have any woman tonight and I chose you and this is how you repay me. What were you expecting? 
I got made man of the match. I trained hard, and now I want a good time. And that's me. Yeah, you were meant to be my lucky girl tonight. Huey, you are disgusting. I thought you were a gentleman. I would never let you get lucky with me. The two doormen had made their way over to Katie to check she was okay. Katie said she was, and they left for the night. I'll be your lucky girl, said a voice from behind Katie. Christy Ann had eagerly emerged from the shadows. She catwalked past Katie and gratefully accepted her lift onto Fedder. You wasted your time, little tomboy. I knew this game was all for me. Come on, did you think you had a chance with such a man as Huey? <laughs> Huey straightened his back to allow Christy Ann to wrap her hands around him. He looked down at Katie and said, I am the best you will never have. He whipped Fedder's reins and kicked him so hard that he raised onto his two back legs. Fedder was almost vertical. Christiane shrieked with excitement. A ball fell from a bag strapped to Fedder. Huey was too preoccupied to notice and galloped off at speed, with Christiane wailing with pure excitement into the distance. Katie was left alone. The galleon's lights were all off, and only the moonlight was left to help Katie see. Jane! Jane! Katie cried while searching frantically by the water's edge. After many moments of frantically searching, Katie sat down and began to cry. She thought how stupid she'd been to trust Huey and lose Jane. After many sobs and tears, Katie heard a drowning wail. Katie! droned a voice. I feel sick! Katie arose and ran to where she heard the noise. She stopped at a very large bush. Jane, are you in there? This is a bush. Oh, I thought I was in my tent. The bush shook and Jane fluttered free. Jane, I'm so pleased to see you. How did you end up in there? I have no idea. Huey gave me a shot of really strong blueberry nectar. Then I remember feeling sick and I had to leave for some fresh air. Huey, I should have guessed. What's wrong? Did it not work out with him? He's a wrong un. I thought so. He didn't like me very much. I think he wanted me out of the way. They set off in the direction they came. Katie clutched the rugby ball that Huey had carelessly dropped.